2: in terms of supply, see McDonald's.com.
1: Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Breakers that's a
0: good goal! My friend is proud! Far post for Shirak, goal! But Glockton has it. Oh, deflection! And the goal! Comes Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hubble!
1: Going yes! New, bet, new bet. 2-0 Danny Wall. No, I will win this league anyway. Richard. He's hit it. It's Crabwell! Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal! come to this not just covering the papa john's trophy not just having joe with us hello joe
2: hello rich yes familiar turf for me this of course
0: but we also have dan hello dan yeah hi i'm dan and i went to the match and then i raced home and now i'm doing a podcast delighted to be with you gentlemen a pleasure as always and i'm just kind of Try and get my voice a
1: bit deeper. I felt far too high pitched at the start of that. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know how long this episode will take. I don't know how much analysis is really required. But here we are Swindon Town nil, Crystal Palace under 21s two. I think when we look at the lineup, the thing that everyone immediately went, oh, was that there was no Adeloy or Massey. I haven't listened to the post match, but I think, Joe, you have. Some information there. It's not the end of the road for Adelawyer, as many may have suspected.
2: Uh, No, just catching the very end before we're coming on with Scott Lindsay and uh, kind of came came away to come and do the pod here. Scott Lindsay was saying that there was a thigh problem and that Adelawyer was having a scan on that today. It sounded that it was more precautionary than anything too serious and that. Massey apparently has a personal problem to deal with, so he's away. Spot on. You hear that in the car as well?
0: Yeah, yeah, we had uh, BBC Wilts Yeah. Rotten luck for for Adeloye then. Yes, <laughs> you know, what's it, another 21 days or whatever it is to the next one of these, which, you know, it sounds like we're also close, very close, according to Scott Lindsay, to bring in a new forward in, so Adeloye may have a bit of a wait. Um, that's how football goes, I suppose. You look at someone like uh Brennan, you know, concussion on the first day. Um he's had to be patient in terms of training and now probably gonna find himself on the bench again at the weekend. But you know, th- these games at least give people a chance of route back into uh first team football and some fitness.
1: Yeah, well the lineup was much stronger in my mind than the Walsall game, weirdly. So Lewis Ward took his place as a cup goalkeeper at the back we had Brennan Baudry who was captain and Harry's then you had Hutton and I think it was Shade on the wings and we had Harrison Minton in the read role with Dabre and Agua and up front we had Abu Kanu I think I've got the the order of the formation wrong there Joe as soon as I said that because Dabre played wide didn't he
2: uh yeah and um you had Darcy up there as well. Of course. So I think you had sort of Shade and Carney trying to pair up a bit and uh Dabray and Hutton trying to provide the the wing support.
1: Yeah. When I saw this lineup I felt that this was probably strong enough to win. Crystal Palace under 21s were not at full strength not only with the ones that've already been sent out on loan but I think three of their players who played for the Under-21s on Friday last week were on the bench for Crystal Palace Seniors this okay. evening. But the way the game played out, I felt that I was probably right in in that respect, that we were slightly... Well, no, we were stronger than Crystal Palace Under-21s for large parts of the opening 60 minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. It wasn't a game of two halves. It was a game of two thirds and then one third, almost. Um, it looked a young Palace side uh, and what you've said there about three of them being on the bench for the Palace first team, uh, against Brentford, that, that kind of adds up when you've seen their performance. Um, a lot of very good physical specimens, but lacking a bit of noose. Uh, I think Baudry and Harry's, you know, were very smart in the way they, um, you know, manipulated some of the, the young forwards around them. Um, yeah, just um, the crying shame was, um, you know, Shade, who was very, very bright in the first half, um, didn't take one of those chances, came very close. And then in the second half, we had efforts hitting the post. Uh, I know the second one was from Aguiar. Was the first from Darcy? It's my memory playing tricks. Yeah. And yeah. And then the subs came around the hour mark. And uh, I commented to my friend, Keith, um, you know, I, I suspect this is probably going to be, A narrow Palace win now. Um, That's kind of how it played out. Palace got brighter as Swindon got younger. And yeah, the first goal obviously owes a lot to Lewis Ward's feet rather than any spectacular play from Palace, which is a, a shame, really, for that to be the way for Swindon to fall behind. But yeah. What, what did you make of it, Joe? I, I, I'm sort of thinking there was enough positives in that first 60 minutes. I still took plenty out of tonight. But maybe the balance just went too far the other way in terms of youth.
1: Yeah, and Joe, do do focus on those 15 minute, uh, those first 60, because otherwise we'll be done in 10 minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. I think that, like we said, the main concern was that yeah, we, I didn't want the fixture to sort of be squandered in a way, a bit like I felt like the Warsaw Cup game was. There's still, you know, there's still loose threads to tie up with this team, and ter- certainly in terms of depth. And it was important for people like Hutton Shade, who've you know been pushed out to the fringes, to give better accounts of themselves and to you know sort of stake that claim, which I think was what we got out of that 60 minutes. So, in terms of you know the first team, which is obviously the priority, I think we got out of that game what we needed. It's hard to see this year sort of where the development pipeline is. I know that you had said on the presser, Rich, and I think that I would agree that having something like Harry Parsons go out to Banbury, I had hope for yeah, you know, for an outlet around that sort of National League level to test people more. You're seeing bright spots like Wynne Davis today and thinking, well where could we actually get some game time for somebody like that that isn't just with the under 18s. So it leaves with a lot of questions, but in terms of you know the the fringe players or you know, players on the bench and options that we want to be able to shake games up, we wanted them to grow in confidence, have a good account of themselves. And I think for the most part, that's what you did get. Just one or two, one or two blemishes that have disappointed me a little. Uh I will dig out again, I'll go on to this, but uh, you've got Kean Harris, who's you know actual defensive performance I thought was good, but I don't think that getting the two yellows does him any favours whatsoever. I don't know why he's digging out or having a go with uh, Greer or whoever in that in the moment and getting uh getting booked He's a a proven professional who you know should know to just to just walk away and not get into. Silliness and pick up an unnecessary yellow card, and what what's blighted what was maybe one of his better performances is getting a silly red, and that's going to sort of hang over his head. He's not played since that Warsaw game. He's felt at times where he's you know he's fa- must have found that Bristol Rovers experience bruising because we know him from when he joined and uh, had given his his goodbyes and farewells and had a few pops on it. He bit back and it was obvious that there was something a little bit sore in that. It must feel like he's got something to prove because you know he uh let go at the end of the year and not really kicked on everything when I saw him in the pre season, I think in other preseason fixtures there was this there was times when he'd you know he'd lose the ball quite easily, but then sort of have this look of absolute despair. Like i said before, like he was looking into into the abyss. And I think today, coming away with, you know, decent performance and having your head held high, like Hutton and Shade have done, would have done in the world of good. And it's not quite gone that
1: way. No, no. Hutton and Shade. So I think, in my mind, both of them might feel a little bit embarrassed that they, they had to play this game, in a way, when you think, like, at the start of the season... We would have seen this as a Wakeling game. And Wakeling's nowhere mm-hmm. near this this eleven because he's playing so well in the league. So it was a real opportunity to show Scott Lindsay that they should be not considered for these games for the right reasons. Shade did very well in his in his hour, didn't he?
0: Yes. Um I wanna see more of this Tyrese Shade. Um because on tonight's evidence, you look at the physical attributes, you know, very tall. You look at uh, the pace that he's got in the locker, but tonight we saw much more of the footballing, footballing intelligence, the bit of poise on the ball, a little bits of trickery, you know, some quite tenacious sort of tracking back to win the ball back and then gone and run. So yeah, I think early days on shade up until tonight, I've not really seen it with him. But I'm much more encouraged after tonight. I don't know if it's a case of, you know, going into the game up against academy opposition, if that's kind of got his pecker up a little bit, you know, thinking, well, actually I should be bossing a game like this, but I really want to see Shade take that same attitude and, you know, all of this, you know, aggression and intent into, into a league game. Because I think... On tonight's evidence, if that was his debut, we'd be we'd all be really excited about Torrey's shade. I just I want to see him turn that into a, a league performance. On Hutton, um, I actually think he was pretty quiet. Um, for the certainly for the first half, not a lot of the Swindon play went down the right. It was quite focused, you know, with um Shade as the second forward pulling off to the left and getting involved, um, you know. Dabre, uh, very involved, very tenacious down the left. I, I really do have a soft spot for Mo Dabre. Um, I almost think he gives the ball away deliberately just so he can go and win it back. He's like <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a real very true. scrappy-do character. And maybe it's because he's so diminutive, but I, he's just so ruddy-likable. I, I, I've I got a lot of time for Dabre. I think he'll develop well. But yeah, Hutton, I think, came in, it more into his own... After about the hour mark, when some of the players went off, he seemed to be let off the leash in an attacking sense. And then we saw four or five really lovely whipped crosses from the right. That feature again of his play where he doesn't necessarily have to beat a man. Just that little drop and then bang, across goes the ball. So, yeah, I think Hutton better after around the hour mark for me. Slightly underwhelming before that. What do you think, Joe?
2: Oh yeah, but then I think maybe that that sort of quietness that you talk of might have been the, the signature of how he started the season. I don't know because he's found himself sort of displaced or mistrusted to fill in a, that right back role where um for some reason Rowan Darcy seems to fit in. That's been something we've talked about a lot. And yeah, I think quiet is the world rather than um yeah, lacking in any way. But oh, he didn't like let say, himself down defensively, you know, for example. But perhaps that's because like you say the focus is on uh on the opposite side a lot of the time um yeah, I've still not seen anything of this uh yeah of this season to to warrant why he seems to have been pushed out a bit of why Darcy is is preferred when we're paying four at the back um tonight is making me think that maybe we should stick with our guns a bit more and think about the three maybe we should bring wing backs back in and drown out the Twitter noise and persevere with what we seem to be established and set up to to do. Um, in terms of creating chances, the more that uh, these players play within that system, first team and uh, reserves or sub players as well, I think the more effective it would be. It certainly, certainly helped us to create chances today. So, yeah, it sort of made me think that maybe he would, if they're more used to sitting into that, that sort of three-five-two system. Uh, I'd give an honourable mention as well to uh, Minton, who I think played the read role very well. It's not necessarily a plan that we would have to have in place, but it's good that he, you know, is prepared to add that string to his bow.
1: I think that's a, a fair observation that Joe makes, Dan. Minton certainly did perform adequately against Crystal Palace under 21s in the read role, but what's the point in that? You know, where, at what stage are we going to need Harrison Minton to play that role in a fixture? When is he going to be required to play that? Is there any? I mean, it's it's useful. He's shown that he's versatile, or he could be versatile against the Crystal Palace under 21s, but if you're going up against Bradford, is it gonna is it gonna work? You know, and this has happened previously. I'm pretty sure Will Evans played his one and only game for Swindon in a similar role. I was there and instead that. of playing yeah, instead of playing centre back. So it's not, you know, Scott Lindsay's not reinventing the wheel here. This is an opportunity to play players out of position, but Tonight, we played our 29th player of the season. so And we, we're eight games in competitively. So is there is there a place, really? Would it take an insane injury crisis for
0: Minton to, to play here? <laughs> well, what I think is... What it tells you is that we had four centre-halves available. <laughs> um, <laughs> and with Brennan, Baudry and Harrys being the three most senior, um, I think they took their place at the back. And with Minton being, you know, the most raw, I suppose it, you know, safest to have him a little bit further up the pitch. Um on his actual performance, I think I think he positionally was um was quite switched on. Um not massively caught out. Uh he certainly loves the tackle, uh enjoyed the physical battle in there. But, you know, you use the read roll terminology, but you know he's certainly not that same level of footballer and, and nor should he be because Reed is exceptional at this level. So, it, yeah, I think most of the football went through the two midfielders slightly ahead of him, Darcy and Aguiar, who I think both had very good nights. Um, but to to your question, Rich, is there a point to it? Well, it's better that he played 90 minutes than not. Um, it means that we didn't have to play Reed Gladwin or Khan, so it keeps them fresh for Saturday. And actually, it is another little string to Minton's bow as part of his development. So, yeah, I mean, he did all right. Nice crunching tackle, got booked. Um, Yeah, you can see with him there's something there, definitely. Um, Yeah, he's certainly a bit more manly than uh, a few of the other uh, youth team products we've got coming through. Um, But yeah, I think we should move on to perhaps Darcy and Agia, who both did themselves big favors um in center midfield tonight especially for Darcy given a reminder of where he should actually be playing rather than um squashed in at right back
1: Darcy yet again showing if you give the tools give him the tools and the people around him he is going to be quite the signing
2: oh yeah absolutely and yet yeah, we've we've learned in uh last season with Ellis Islandanderlo we know that how versatile a player that he is just because a player might be useful in other positions or provide cover is not necessarily like the best fit, and we saw uh Darcy show a bit of you know where he is best at creating chances always looking threatening going forward definitely more useful to have you know in that attacking midfielder role than to be languishing at the back so yeah absolutely that's that's where certainly I'd prefer to see him from there. And out of the defence, really.
1: And Ricky Aguilar hit the post again. It was when, when he signed from Worthing, these were the efforts that we were looking for from him. And it was good that he, he got one off. Very close, but yet again, showing why he, he really can't go out on loan just yet, because he's useful to have on the bench minimum.
2: Yeah, I would want to keep him close on. He was unlucky as well with his free kick as well, and we know that set pieces, free kicks, he can be deadly too. Yeah, against the world's
1: smallest goalkeeper <laughs> in Whitworth, he was tiny, wasn't he? Well, he did very well to reach the crossbar. Clean I'm sheet, guessing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> clean sheet. Uh, <laughs> well, back in my junior football days, we would have been just told to hit it in, <laughs> hit it at height, lob him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he, he got around. Quite well, and it wasn't until the game was gone where he started making some errors. The goalkeeper, both teams, Dan, who like to play from the back.
0: Oh, wow, <laughs> Lewis Ward um, has had two opportunities to show us his prowess this season, and unfortunately, is going to be sat on the bench till Christmas. Um, yeah, this is this is not how you knock on the door of the uh, of the manager's office, um, and I think well it's, it's Sobrin's place until he's injured put it that way it's a it's a shame because um well Rich you like to call me a militant wardist at the, the back end of last season um I was pro ward um and I think he finished the season very well and you know I would have started the season with, with warding goal but um yeah, he's not done himself any favours um, in the, in the two cup games that he's played. Two two errors leading to goals, and um, yeah, he's gonna have to take his medicine and, like I say, sit on the bench till January and and hope Bryn's done so well that he gets recalled.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Swindon Town FC propaganda machine really tried to help Ward before the goal. Um, he almost cost us an opener in the 55th minute when he fumbled across. It described as a tricky lofted ball into the box proves difficult for Ward. Mm. I, I didn't see much tricky.
0: We <laughs> didn't see no. very tricky at all, was it? No, he, um, he got away with that one. Um, but for balance, there was a very good one-on-one save uh, in front of the town end uh, with his face, I think uh, watching it live. So, um mm-hmm. Yeah, he is what he is. He's a good shot stopper, but not very good with his feet. And um, he's got himself into trouble twice. I think both on his left foot. The Warsaw one was on his left foot, swinging it out. And uh, tonight on his left foot again. So um, I think think if Bryn did get injured tomorrow, I think you would need to slightly accommodate Ward's lack of footballing ability in, in what you do at the very back, um, you still want people playing football ahead. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. Phil Smith was quite forgiving
1: of what Andrew Hall's called a routine cross, <laughs> but it was it was okay. So you know, we've we've pinged around this game, talked about the first goal. I, I do want to sort of spend some time, Joe. Just same you know well done fair play to the to the younger players that featured in this in this game when you when you consider especially for the under 18s when you consider their season has started with a loss at Exeter City 4-1 and then back to back home losses against Oxford 3-0 and Plymouth 7-0 um, i don't know if if those guys played abukanu was enthusiastic very tough game for him to to get into but there was loads of effort i thought tom win davis when he came on was very, very lively. Him yeah. and George Calmeadow were were finding a lot of joy. A um, bit too late in the day for Harvey Fox and Sonny Hart. Sonny Hart becoming the youngest ever player to play for Swindon in a competitive fixture, just a little bit younger than what Lloyd Macklin was about a decade ago. So congratulations to him. Joe, to start with, it's good that we're using these opportunities for young players
2: yeah i agree that was that was one of the uh one of the good things from last year where we had quite a small uh squad anyway was managing to you know uh blood in the under 18s into the competitive fixtures i think that tonight um like i said in terms of in terms of benefit to the actual playing squad I think we managed to get the balance right of getting, you know, sixty minutes of you know players that we want to get involved through their longer game time for uh, the likes of Aguiar and you know Brennan coming back into it, so getting the maximum benefit from there. But also, yeah, you know, especially up front there of having Carnu and Win Davis giving that opportunity to uh, players and like we said, Carnu had the enthusiasm and the the desire, I just think maybe it was a bit of a sort of shell shock to go into that environment and just be piled in over. I know that uh, Lindsay was quite sympathetic in his post match to uh, you know how heavy handed maybe he was handled, but it's all experience, it all goes well. Um was very impressed with Windows who had a, a cracking shot on goal as well and was <laughs> What a what a debut that would have been if you managed to get that. Who cares if it's just in the pizza trophy, that would have been one to remember. Um and yeah, late for Fox. He's someone of course we've heard a lot about. I think we saw a little bit of him in the last year's uh Papa John's campaign. Um and there we go, we've got we've got a record breaker with Sonny Heart as well. So all good to blood those in it's good to get that kind of mix if you've not got it sounds like we're starting again with our loan system pipeline that we don't maybe have the uh the chippenham link anymore because it doesn't seem to be rumors on that there's only parsons who's gone so far two more group games at least to come up so we're still when we're looking at analyzing all these games where we're still feeling that you know something missing in terms of everybody all linking together and gelling, so it's good to get that nice mix of building that familiarity but also uh incorporating the youth in as well.
1: Yeah, Anton Dwarzak was the other youngster who came on and Dan, you've had an interest in, in the youth squad
0: for some years and how they how they
1: get on. What did you think?
0: Yeah, well let's start with Dorzak. 'Cause um he seems to be a little bit ahead in terms of his development against his youth team peers he got half hour at Warsaw, which um you know was, was quite telling there's a lot of faith in him as a young man already and um I thought it was quite an accomplished half hour tonight as well he's very comfortable on the ball not afraid to you know take the extra touch keep it drink this way and that so um high hopes high hopes for draw Zach. um I, I should imagine Calmeadow uh, who's obviously a first year pro but um I just imagine he's a little bit disappointed not to not to start tonight. Um probably a victim of the fact we did play a slightly stronger team than we did at Warsaw. Um but yeah, he actually did something tonight which he didn't do at Warsaw, and that was run at people. There was one slalom gaming slalom slalom. Slaloming, is that a word? <laughs> slaloming run down <laughs> the left before being fouled. Um and from the smattering of the bits of I've seen of Calmeda in the youth team. Like, he is sort of better when he gets a a head of steam up and gets running at people on the left. So, yeah, Wyn davis as as Joe touched on, very eye-catching when he first came on. Lovely run down the channel and excellent first touch, um, sort of on the run. Um, It would have been delicious if that shot from the edge of the box had gone in. What a debut that would have been. Um, And, yeah, probably a bit difficult to judge Hart and Fox on tonight's evidence. There was one left wing cross from Fox, which was hit just slightly behind the on onrushing forwards. Um, the only thing I'd say on Hart, physically, he looks the part. And um, coming into men's football, that does still count for a fair bit. Uh, even though you know most teams are now trying to play out on the floor. Most teams are trying to play out from the back. You still need to be able to handle yourself physically. So if Hart is... 16 and indeed our youngest ever player in a first team game Um, with another couple of years of his scholarship to go and more growing to go up. I think that looks a really promising prospect uh, at the back for sure. Congratulations to
1: him for making his debut the last five or six minutes. It just, but it went, didn't it? I mean, Gordon came close, um, turning Sonny Hart and getting his shot just wide. Then there was the incident that saw Harry sent off for a second yellow. I don't think he can have any complaints. He didn't seem too happy uh, when he went. and I don't think Scott Lindsay was too happy about it to the referee. It could be the only thing he could be complaining about at full time. And Then we got outsmarted in the 86th minute. Phil Smith's words, not mine, when uh, we decided to put a player behind the wall, lying down, but Crystal Palace decided not to shoot. uh, Played it to Gordon who finished similar to how he did um, for his first goal of the evening and that's what made it 2-0 and that's what it was at full time but Joe this is just like Walsall in the sense that 60th minute 62nd minute whatever two best players go off and we're notably weaker despite the enthusiasm and the good displays that those players who came on were up against an elite under-21 side who are, you know, they're not all 17, 16 or whatever. And they were, were, well, they were big kids, weren't they? So it was inevitable that town would would crumble.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely concerning to sort of go for that. And it doesn't seem like we're taking either cup competition particularly seriously in that regard. Um, On the issue of Harry's there and thinking about, of course, that we have uh, McCurdy suspended. I think there was a red card was it minton got sent off in Warsaw so we up to about we up to about two or three and I was trying to cast my mind back. Was there not a uh, a time last year did Lindsay get sent off after a game for giving the referee some back chat? I think he was not happy with the officials after today. I'm just concerned as to whether we've got a a bit of a disciplinary issue. Going on here and how we actually managed to curb that, because, like you say, Harry's could have no complaint about being sent off, but it shouldn't be on a second yellow in my book anyway. Who's actually telling these boys to wind their necks in? I mean, it's one thing actually choosing to, you know, take our established players off and and bring on less experienced players and throwing them in the deep end, but what about when we are left down to ten for silliness? You know who's actually managing that, and is that something that's going to have an impact on future league games?
1: Yeah, well, so far we've had seventeen in all competitions. We've had seventeen yellows, two yellows that have turned to reds, and one straight red. Dan, is there a possible discipline issue on the horizon,
0: or are we already there, or is it just one of those things? Uh, well, too early to tell, probably. Um, you know, Minton's red at Warsaw that was trying to recover from, you know, becoming very exposed at the back after a ward error. McCurdy is a unique case, as we've touched on many times. And and tonight, yeah, I mean, the error really was the first yellow where he's got involved in a spat with um a young palace defender and um Lindsay post match. Commented that you know he, he thought the referee could have handled that differently. Didn't need to book both players, but you know I was too far away to get a good look at exactly what got on. But yeah, on, from a senior player, you'd you'd want him keeping the head a little bit more. I think the proof will be in the pudding as a, as the season goes on. I know um Reedy's already on three yellow cards, so um he's only another couple. Cynical tackles away from a, a one-match ban, and we've seen how you know how much we struggle without Lewis Reid last year. So yeah, it, it is something you want to keep keep in check. Um, but at the same time, yeah, there, there's a lot of variables that go into how many how many bookings you get. Not just necessarily, you know, you know, it's not always a sign of a, a broken dressing room or anything like that. I think uh, maybe
2: halfway through the year you can make a better assessment. If we get Reed suspended, by the sounds of it, we'll have Harrison
0: Minton filling in. So, <laughs> well, Ricky Aguiar played at the base of the midfield at Warsaw. Um, obviously played more advanced tonight, but uh, yeah, I mean, a few people have um suggested, given Tom Clayton's um reputation as a sort of centre half, come defensive midfielder, whether or not, Swindon might utilize uh Tom Clayton in that spot. In future, I guess we'll see. Is there anything
1: that we can take out of this game where we should go, Ooh, I don't know? I mean, I don't fret about this competition. But when we talk about winning mentalities and we talk about, you know, wanting to score goals and, and getting in runs and so forth, regardless of what we think as fans, I mean, there were over 2,000 supporters at the ground today. So... That's rising in terms of this competition, probably, considering Palace brought next to no one. Is there anything that concerns you from this? Because it's obviously nowhere near the lineup that we're going to have against Chillingham. Things are picking up in the league. I saw a little bit of reaction on social media and people were reacting like it was a, a game that people cared about. It's the same people that talk about it being a nonsense competition. I don't get that. But is there anything that... You had come out of this and gone, oh, for goodness sake, I wish that was better.
2: Now, interesting, you've asked two questions there because, you know, if there's something I'd be worried about, I'd say no. Of course, I'd give this competition the credence that it deserves. It's, you know, it's a lonely dad's club on a Tuesday night and we all enjoy it for what it is. But, of course, I could be thinking, I wish it had gone better because if I'm thinking about Darcy, Shade, Aguiar, and just how much, uh, how much more buoyant they would be after nicking a goal or two, getting a win. How much that would have meant to win Davis to actually get that strike it does feel a bit like a missed opportunity. And really, I wouldn't say necessarily that um, the Crystal Palace didn't deserve to win, but I think we we basically gave it to them on a plate. We had we had the rub of the green, we had the you know, the majority of the chances, we dominated possession, kept trying to work to get something and came close to get getting something and come away you know, 2 nil loss and that's that's gonna be difficult to take for the players who've played today and that's that's what is disappointing from that is that if you've got that confidence coming off the bench that you manage to uh you know, push aside an elite premier league academy think of how much it did for players like aguiar or even tyrese Simpson playing um arsenal 21s last year uh and the knock on effect from that so yeah on one hand it's a nothing game and good to get the minutes in and say was losing to supermarine or something like that in pre-season but it does feel a little bit like uh a positive step was missed and something that would uh, give us a, a bit of a kick up the bottom
0: for the Gillingham game? Yeah, um, well, firstly, I don't think there's any need to overreact. react um, I think the crime tonight was that in the first 60 minutes of the match, we should have been two goals ahead so that when we made those raft of changes, you know, that last half hour would have become a bit of a an exercise in, you know, keep it a two-goal lead, or if we do let one in, you know, let's get that Alamo spirit and, you know, make sure it stays at 2-1. But, um, you know, I've I've just been doing a bit of recce while Joe was talking there. And if we're looking at the first eight proper games of Scott Lindsay's tenure, played eight, won one, drawn four, lost three. Um, we failed to score four times. Free red cards, <laughs> you know, um again, no need to overreact um the The team we put out at Warsaw did irk me, and I know it irked others um, but yeah, we need to we need to look after the next set of results, put it that way, um because, um, like you say, winning is a good habit, scoring goals is a good habit, having your fringe players fit and firing and positive. Is a good thing around the squad. Um, yeah, Chillingham away, obviously completely different team going to play. A couple of guys from tonight hopefully going to influence that game in a positive way. People like Shade, Aggie off the bench. Perhaps Darcy from the start, maybe Hutton too. Yeah, we need to we need to do some winning because <laughs> that's what football's about. Um, and the patience will only wear on so long. Scott Lindsay? Am I being too harsh there?
1: I don't know. I honestly have no idea because, you know, I, I listen to fans and I feel like I'm pulled in two different directions when it comes to Scott Lindsay in this season generally. Um, I just go into every game wanting Swindon to win. That's, that's well, all I Well, just to I be clear, really... I'm not stood here banging no, the ground. and, and, and not, No, but you're, you're right. And yeah, you're quite right. And, you know, take away the cup, games and it looks much rosier doesn't it but not perfect it just looks rosier but Ginningham Ginningham are in a right old mess and it is a great opportunity first to just make them even sadder yes please yeah I mean 60 minutes Swindon in the cups you know if (laughs) if we play these 60 minute games we'll beat them on penalties with ward saving at least two that that should
2: be that should be the new rule Joe Um, 60 minutes win yeah let's go for 60 minutes win and then we'll be then we'll be fine or if it's going if it's going okay let's not make quick uh, quick changes
1: yeah okay okay well let's let's wrap up with man of the match i think it's got to be well i'm going Ronan darcy joe um, that's my vote who are you going for
2: i'm going to go with the uh with the receive wisdom here and i know it'll be um fairly obvious for a lot of people, but I'm gonna go for Shade actually. oh, Dan gets the decider and
0: my goodness, he better not choose someone else. <laughs> well, no, I think it's the top two of Darcy and Shade. Um honourable mentions for Agia and the lovable Dabre. But uh yeah, I think I think Darcy probably Shade. If if Shade had stuck a goal away, then um I would have lent that way. But um Yeah, encouraging all the same. But yeah, Ronan Darcy looked ahead of his peers tonight in terms of um, quality. Uh, The the double nutmeg in about five seconds was um, a particular highlight. Obviously, shot that hit the post. Wish that had gone in. That would have been a lovely goal after drinking this way and that. But uh, yeah, Darcy for me.
2: Darcy shades it. Well, there we go,
1: Joe. That's that's what we're talking about. That's what we're that's what we don't pay you for. Some of
0: that <laughs> transfer deadline day. We haven't even talked hey. about that. Damn, what are you hoping for? Well, we're very very close to a striker, by the sounds of it. Um, the curious answer when pushed by Andrew halls uh, I think hall's wording was, "Is this player ready to make a significant and immediate impact?" to the squad and Lindsay answered yes and no um so are we to take from that they are a good player but they're currently suspended <laughs> <laughs> or they're a good player but they're currently injured
1: um or well, got recalled in January haven't haven't played since oh, and uh... <laughs> that
0: would that would be fun but it would also take two or three weeks to um to get them up to speed you'd think um come home Tyrese uh, but yeah, um, everyone would also probably like. I mean, p- no, actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict myself. I, I personally think Hutton is a more than capable right back. Um, I don't personally think right back is a huge priority. Um, but if we brought another on one in, and if it was Joe Tomlinson, that'd be lovely. Um, Darren McAntony seems to disagree, so we can probably. Probably put that into bed for now but uh what, what what's on your christmas list jay i think uh same as everybody that somebody to put away
2: some of these chances is uh very much there. The problem is i think most of my christmas li- wish listes or my transfer deadline day wishes i've got a funny feeling they'll come in as loans anyway so maybe they'll not be uh, a priority and we'll still be reeling by the time midnight comes through but who knows?
0: But we have to get the loans in by the end of the window, do we not? Yeah. I, no, we think do. So. I think I think those heady days of a loan window opening a week later, which De Canio would bring another six players in. Um I think those heady days are gone. Yeah, I think it's only free agents after, yes.
1: after the window They crosses. have
0: to be a free agent before the window shuts, don't they? Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We best get yeah, moving. We best get moving. Well let's see what well, Let's see what the next couple of days bring. Until then, gentlemen, thank you very much. Thanks,
2: gents. Thank, thank you. you. Bye bye. Bye.
1: The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble.
2: Hi, Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy,